There may be no more quintessential London experience than riding the tube. Like everything here, there's quite a history. London's underground was established in 1863. By 1890, it had started to take on the beginnings of its modern shape. The next station is Mornington Crescent. Today, the underground covers 402 kilometers with 11 lines, accommodating more than 5 million journeys a day. If you live here, work here, or if you study here, as is the case for more than 200 Notre Dame students, the tube is a fixture. We followed a few of our students last fall, crisscrossing London as Londoners do, on the tube. We didn't travel 400 kilometers, but as you'll hear, we covered a lot of ground in other ways. I'm Andy Fuller, and this is a special edition of Notre Dame Stories, Countless Journeys, Notre Dame in London. If you're a fan of Premier League soccer, or football, you know that there's a club that calls themselves the Pride of London. They play at Stamford Bridge Stadium, which you get to by taking the district line on the tube to the Fulham Broadway stop. Find the gap between the train and the platform. Uh, I'm Garrick Smallsig, and I'm an intern this semester at Chelsea Football Club. Every day, you know, I'd wake up, uh, walk across the bridge right over to Embankment Station and uh, take the tube with a lot of other people making their morning commute here in London. Um, So that's been a a great experience. Uh, And then also just, you know, every day when I I come to work, um, I get to sit down in a small team. And really what we're trying to do is provide good information for both our sales and uh, partnerships teams so that they can really provide information to, like, our current clients and then prospective clients or partners um, that were, you know, trying to just give them some information about the value of partnering with Chelsea. Um, I, I want to do sports business eventually. Uh, I, don't, I don't, sometimes I don't know what the route there is, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but I know that I do want to seek out a job in sports business uh, eventually. So um, it, it was important to me to find an internship that aligned with that and in, in, in terms of this semester, as well as like going into the next summer and, and everything after that. Um, I have been a baseball manager with Notre Dame, so just trying to get some experience around uh, sports in general um, has, has been important to me. Uh, but, you know, Chelsea specifically, it's a really, really big club uh, with such a nas- international um, fan base that it was just a great opportunity that I, I knew I couldn't pass up. When we visited finance major Garrick Smallstig at work, we took in the full Chelsea FC experience, including a trip down to the pitch, where a tour group was entering through the tunnel, serenaded by Chelsea's intro music blaring on the speakers overhead. But that was nothing compared to Garrick's first game experience. I'll, I'll never forget my first game because it was the first game here in Stamford Bridge after uh, the Queen died and one of the first games in London after the Queen died. Um, so, you know, just from the start, um, everybody was just 
very present, I felt like, and then the moment of silence was amazing. You know, it was a, a full minute with, you know, 45,000 people in, in one place, and you could hear a pin drop in, in the entire place. It was it was really, really cool thing to experience. Yeah, I, I, it's such a special experience, and I, I'm, I sometimes I try to take moments to soak it in a lot because, you know, even from just being over here in London with all my friends uh, and, you know, the school aspect of things and getting to travel with them. Even through that, I'm saying, you know, we're just getting desensitized to cool stuff. We, we just can't comprehend uh, all, all of this at the same time. And uh, this is a part of that for me. It's, it's been, I just felt so blessed to be able to come o over here and have this opportunity along with um, the London program, which already in itself is so amazing. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. If you were to hop back on the tube from Stamford Bridge and head back into Zone 1, you'd notice a familiar sounding stop. Westminster, where a number of Notre Dame students are interning for members of parliament. I'm Bupe Luhano Kavae. During my time studying abroad in London, I'm interning in the House of Commons and a member of parliament, Adam Holloway. I think since going to the United States of America, being a Zambian citizen, I found it very interesting how the political systems were very different. So when I knew I was going to come to London, I thought it would be a great opportunity to learn more about British politics, especially because Britain has a parliamentary system and so does Zambia and I think it would be very relevant in my career learning about the British system because that in a way has informed the Zambian system so that's why I thought working in the House of Parliament would be a great opportunity for me. As for Bupe's career aspirations, well, they're clear. Okay, I want to be president of Zambia. Um, I knew I wanted to be president of Zambia when I realized I wanted to make so much change in the world and there would probably be only one job that would allow me to do that. Bupe and other students handle constituent correspondence related to issues and government services. The position was already going to be a unique opportunity to see some of the inner workings of British government. But if you'll recall, being around British government in the fall of 2022 well, that was a wild ride. I'm talking about the prime minister turnover from Boris Johnson to Liz Truss to Rishi Sunak. Uh, the moment we heard the new prime minister was resigning, I was in shock. I had just gotten back from Edinburgh and I was calling my supervisor like, OK, is this really happening? And it was so shocking because just 45 days before that, we were sitting in our office listening to her speech as the new prime minister. So it was very shocking and I think it was a learning experience for all of us in the office because we talked about it and we talked about the influence that it has on us as individuals and also the institution in general so it was very good to just talk about it and get that learning experience from that whole process. We happened to speak with Bupe on the day Mr. Sunak was set to hold his first session of Prime Minister's Questions. After our conversation, we happened upon a large group of protesters set to greet the Prime Minister as he made his way to Parliament from 10 Downing Street. The group had large speakers with them, and they used them to play a familiar American tune. 
Yeah, that's the Muppets theme. I didn't know quite what political statement was being made there, but all the same. Just another part of the show when you have a front row seat to the theater of government. You can't get everywhere via the tube, of course. For some sites, you have to leave the underground for the overground. At Paddington Station, after you pass by the gift shop full of a certain stuffed bear, you can catch the train that takes you through the English countryside to a village about an hour northwest of London, called Oxford. That's where we caught up with Notre Dame's most recent Rhodes Scholar. My name is Mackenzie Isaac, and I'm here studying for a master's in modeling for global health. It's a highly interdisciplinary program. I was a sociology major at Notre Dame, and then I went on to receive my master's in health education. And so I'm largely interested in the role of structural racism and the distribution of chronic disease disparities, looking at structural racism as a cause of stress, but also uh, the spread of disadvantage. And so my goal in the long term, hopefully through a doctoral program here at the University of Oxford, is to examine the reverberations of redlining in the industrial Midwest, so hometown similar to my own, Indianapolis, Indiana, and look at how the the physical infrastructure that's a result of the history of redlining now leads to disparities in mental health outcomes and related chronic disease outcomes. Why study this in Oxford in the UK? Mm -hmm. I was of course, uh, drawn to the University of Oxford through the Rhodes Scholarship. And so there are 104 members of the cohort of 2022, only 32 of which are from the United States, which means that I am exposed to a variety of people from not just a variety of professional backgrounds, but also cultural backgrounds and lenses through which they see and understand the world. Um, And that by no means excludes health and what it means to be well and whole. And coming from the United States, going to an undergrad institution that was fewer than three hours from where I was born and raised, I think it's easy to entrench my mindset towards health equity and justice in this idea of American exceptionalism. Community-based interventions and health policies that are shaped around uh, United States biases surrounding race and class will limit my practice in Indiana or anywhere in the United States where it's increasingly diverse in demographics of all types. So interacting with the Rhodes Scholars here from beyond the United States, having them challenge me, um, having to confront um, my understandings of how to talk to people about um, filling the gap between what they know and how they act in terms of their health, I think was just... um, essential and the privilege to have that opportunity be funded and be at a university at this caliber is something that um, I very much take to heart and I feel a responsibility towards my hometown as a result. Talk to me about how Notre Dame has prepared you for kind of this phase of your education. Interestingly, just a few days ago, um, a, a good friend of mine asked me, whether I would choose Notre Dame again. And instinctually, I said, I would not be here without the University of Notre Dame. And that is without a semblance of hyperbole. I 100% think that it's true. Notre Dame taught me what it meant to stand unapologetically in my faith 
And it also taught me that if I walk away from a, a campus ministry event or a course or a dialogue with a classmate with more questions than answers, then that's okay because that means I'm thinking as critically as I possibly can. And I think that translated into my Rhodes Scholarship application process. And interestingly enough, I think I also learned a lot about my identity as a black woman and my role and responsibility to the world at the University of Notre Dame, even though I wasn't um, in the education, schooling, and society minor, I feel like I was adjacent to it as a sociology major a lot. And I was really able to sit with the legacy that I stand in. So I'm, now that I have my master's in health education, I'm a seventh generation black female educator in my family. And um, when I thought about just the uphill battle that is the fight for health injustice and how daunting it is, I draw upon the previous six generations for all of my courage, especially given that the earlier generations were, were building literacy um, in spaces where it was outlawed for them to be literate themselves. And so I, I think I question a lot, what does it mean to like proclaim the good news of um, health equity when knowing that a lot of our policies and systems aren't um, designed for that to be a reality for people who look like me and people who come from communities like mine. The London area is rich with educational opportunities. Oxford may be the most famous, and we've already touched on the possibilities for studying political science here, but Notre Dame undergrads have the chance to explore the deep and varied arts history here as well. The London Global Gateway is located in the heart of the city's theater district, just off Trafalgar Square. If you're riding the tube, it's the Charing Cross or Embankment stations, or as we found out, you might want to go just one more stop to Waterloo on the south bank of the River Thames. My name's Lois Oliver. I'm adjunct professor of art history here at Notre Dame in London, but I'm also a curator at the Royal Academy in London, and I previously worked at the National Gallery and the V&A. And for me, there is no substitute for looking at works of art firsthand. So all of my art history courses here are designed to be really immersive and to get students really exploring the art that is on display here thinking about the London art world in general and the kind of choices that curators and collectors make. We followed Professor Oliver as she guided students along the South Bank, past the London Eye and the National Theatre. So the River Thames is tidal. We're not that far from the coast in geological terms. And you can see it's low tide at the moment. And there's actually a mother and child out there beachcombing at the moment because you can find some really remarkable things that just sort of emerge from the sand and the silt. You know, you might find things certainly from the 19th century, little clay pipes, bits of pottery. You might find things from the medieval period. You might find more... Along the way, we spoke with junior Zoe Jensen. Right now we're walking along the South Bank looking at some architecture before we go to the Tate Modern. Um, This is the London as art capital class, and every week we basically go to a new gallery or museum and observe the art that we're studying. Beautiful. What's your major? Uh, political, science. political science. Yes. Are you someone who 
prior to this class you would say you were artistically inclined or? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. So this has been like a really interesting thing to kind of incorporate into my study abroad experience. I feel like I didn't really approach art to begin with, so now I think this is a way for me to like be comfortable and confident with approaching art because at, in the beginning, you know, I kind of just see a piece and be like, okay, and like move on to the next thing. Where now I'm able to sit with it, understand its cultural, historical, um, and social like significance. My students go on the most extraordinary journey when they come here to London. For many, it's their first art history course, possibly the only chance that they will have to study art. Many of them are business majors, they're engineers, they're pre-med students, but all of them have really open minds. And I think what they discover in studying the art is that it can be relevant to them whatever path they are going to follow through life in the future. Many people taking the tube are doing so as part of their daily routine. The destinations are familiar, even old hat. When you think about it that way, it makes the idea of a journey rather mundane or monotonous. But it's a funny thing about journeys. You can be on more than one at any given time. The students here may ride the underground to get to physical locations, but while they do, they're on a different kind of journey, one of discovery, one where art and culture begin to give voice to ideas, even as those ideas are being formed. Or there's the journey to explore a new career or a new way of addressing old problems. When you think about it that way, the underground is a facilitator, making the best kind of journey possible. The one that takes you somewhere new. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Notre Dame Stories. We're back with one more to close out the academic year. But we can't rule out a special episode or two over the summer. Notre Dame Stories is produced by the Office of Public Affairs and Communications. I'm your host, Andy Fuller. Our music, new music in this case, is by Alex Mansour.